This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. As football fans, we often pride ourselves on knowing everything, from which substitution can turn the game around to the quickest route home to beat the crowds. However, when it comes to discussing feelings with our friends, we might not always feel as confident. That's why we're here to equip you with the right tools so you can reach out to those who can help. If your mates are struggling, let them know that the Samaritans are free to call on 116123. That's 116123. They are there to listen without judgment or pressure, 24-7, 365 days of the year. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. Hello and welcome to the Sky Blue Extra podcast, which is kindly sponsored by this Sky Blue Tavern. My name's Matt and I'm pleased to be joined this evening by Ross. How are we doing, mate? I'm very good, mate. How are you doing? Good to uh, good to be on with you again. It's been a little while. Yeah, Happy New Year as well. Yeah, Happy New Year to you, mate. Yeah, I hope you had a good Christmas and, and everything and a good New Year. Yeah, it's all good, all good. Obviously not so good this weekend with uh, a crushing defeat to Rex. I mean, what was an enthralling game, but obviously ultimately disappointing loss at the first hurdle in the FA Cup. Obviously, we're going to be previewing that game alongside a bit of a, a preview of the trip to Turf Moor and then have a little look forward towards the transfer market, which is obviously now looking very crucial for, for Mark Robbins. So we'll get started and we'll look at that Wrexham game to start with. Obviously, never good to go out the first hurdle in the FA Cup. An interesting one with the starting lineup as well. What are your thoughts, Ross? We obviously got a start for Tavares, which a lot of people have been keen to see. But were you happy with the starting lineup? Were you happy to see him get a start in particular? Well, I mean, to be honest with you, I think um, going into the game, I think deep down, you know, it'd have been great to obviously play our strongest eleven. Um, but at the same time, I, I felt like there was always going to be changes. Robin spoke about the importance of wanting to progress. And then I thought, well, okay, he's going to want to play a strong team. And the fact of the matter is when I sort of thought about it and thought of the potential, say B team, we haven't got the players. We haven't, we haven't got the depth for, for, for a B team even really. Yeah. I mean, it's so uh, there were certain individuals that I thought if they're not going to get a game now, then when are they? And Tavares, I guess is, is, is one of those. I think Kelly, you know, um, and I thought Burroughs would play, but we we honestly just haven't got the depth. I mean, you, you it's, I think probably in an ideal world, you'd probably wanted to rest, rest maybe a few more, but obviously we just haven't got the strength and depth. The drop-off in quality from our first 11 
when you as soon as you get to start getting to players 13, 14, 15 is is pretty pretty huge. So I, I actually thought the lineup was pretty good. I mean, I looked at it and the line that lineup should have got the job done. Um and I don't know about you, but when I looked at it, the actual the only thing I thought that could be the issue was potentially scoring goals. I, I for the team who's kept the most clean sheets in the championship. The only change was Doyle out and Bidwell playing left centre back, which he did last year. Mm. I did not, and obviously Simon Moore, who was last season's number one coming in. So I, I didn't think that conceding goals would have been was going to be the problem. How wrong I was. Um, yeah, the game got underway. Yeah, I know, and that makes sense. Really, I mean, you look at it from a logical point of view. As you say, weren't too many as much, I guess, of an impact at the back understandable changes up front because Jokeres is is leading that line week in, week out by himself. So you need to give him, or you need to take an opportunity to give him a rest. And you think, as much as we're all excited about Tavares, obviously he's not somebody who's yet really more on the basis of lack of opportunity, hasn't scored a lot of goals. And we're all very well documented in an understanding of the fact that Waghorn really hasn't got a lot of goals either. So you think, can you take Hamer out? You know, Palmer obviously is exciting to see him get game time because we need to we need to really start relying on him, obviously, with the injury to O'Hare as well. But I would agree. I thought we were probably going to be quite solid at the back, but you, you, you did struggle to see where the, the goals were going to come from naturally because it was a front two who really haven't, you know, what are we talking, one or two goals apiece over the last couple of seasons. So that probably looked like where it, where the concern was going to be. But Obviously, we were we were both wrong on that thought. It was good to see Tavares get the start. Obviously, it's it not quite worked out how we we might have hoped. But that first goal as well. What are you thinking? I mean, the thing, the thing that frustrates me, and I don't know how you feel about it, but he's sandwiched in between our two centre backs. And I think more than anything, what that goal has shown is actually maybe to an extent surprisingly how much we're missing McFadden at the minute. Yeah, I mean the. All of the goals we conceded were disgraceful, really. I mean, Robin, I mean, everything Robin said was absolutely bang on in terms of, you know, long throws and crosses in the box stuff that we have to deal with in week in, week out. And we do because that's like the bait, you know, your bread and butter of defending. Those defenders for that first goal, Panzer and Rose, are better than that. Yeah. They have to deal with that. But the, but then what frustrated me was even just before the goal, we, it was like we were, Asleep. Yeah, I mean, there were certain individuals. I'm sure we'll get onto them after we sort of overviewed the the entire game. Who were just so off the pace in terms of the energy off the ball to close Wrexham down. We we let an, a non-league side come and sort of just have the the freedom of of the CBS. It felt to just ping thirty yard balls across. No pressure. No, there was no up in their faces. You know, we didn't match their intensity. And Robbins said it. You know. And, uh, you know, and I think everyone saw it Physi- physically. We just didn't turn up. Um, I think that was going to be the fear, wasn't it? You're thinking for them, obviously, non-league side coming to a championship club. I know a lot of their or some of their players talked about not being a particularly exciting tie, which wasn't maybe the most necessarily thing, most necessary thing for them to say. But you've got four thousand fans there on it. It's it, it, sort of that them saying that was all just part of you know, you know, they know it's going to. You know, ruffle our feathers. It is a it is a big tie, so a huge upset. You know, it was number first game on match of the day. Um, and despite obviously the media circus and momentum that they have with them, with you know Ryan Reynolds and everything that goes with that, they our players didn't respond. You know, I I'd have thought I'd have, if I was Mark Robbins, I'd have gone. You know, look, this is what they think. They just think it, they're gonna the rock up here and and sort of you know do us. And 
we didn't respond. And the thing was, it was just so basic. It took us back to, it took me back to sort of the League One, League Two days when it was like, you, you know what you're coming up against, against these sides, you know? And it was just dreadful. That first half, that first hour, it was up until, you know, <laughs> we went down to 10 men was, was, well, I've not felt like that since we lost to Swindon. And we were going down and Russell Slade was the manager and we had Yakubu wandering around the halfway line after he'd pulled a hammy. Uh, in terms of, I've not seen this look so off the pace. Into, you know what I mean? Throughout individuals from goalkeeper to forwards, look like a bunch of strangers. And, and it was sort of alarming, really, when you think of, you know, obviously there's Hamer and Vic and obviously O'Hare's injured. They're the three key absentees, I guess, from that lineup. And obviously McFadzine. But but the rest, I mean, they were just shocking, mate. I, I just, it was, I was just sat there in disbelief. I, I was sort of speechless. I didn't really know what to sort of think. You know, I mean, the first goal, you think, okay, 1-0. You know, we've got, we, you believe we've got enough in the tank uh, to, to sort of come back and we hit the post, didn't we, with from Palmer's free kick, which I felt like, okay, that might liven us up, you know, uh, I guess as the crowd and as a team. But the second goal, mate. I mean, I don't know what what your thoughts on on the second goal. I mean, it's uh... it's a it's a tricky one for me. I would kind of the angle I was sat watching it. It's got right, I guess, diagonally in line with with the ball going in, and and it's a difficult. I know a lot of the blame's gone on on Moore. Um, I think it's one of those things where obviously he had an incredibly tough start to the season, and I'm not going to try and say he's covered himself in glory with this moment, but it's another one where kind of. I don't know. He's just been so easily allowed to whip that ball in from from out wide, and it's, I guess, yeah, at I that height, which is so difficult. Where you're thinking the defenders have got an opportunity to to put something on this. He's got no pressure. The ball kind of when it's nudged back to him, there's absolutely no pressure. There's there's two of our defenders on Odubo. I think Burrows are on, um, the guy by the the corner flag. So he's just got the the run of time basically, Elliot Lee to to whip that ball in, and then it's just one of those once it's gone over the the defenders. I guess he's he's got such a small amount of time to react. And again, I think he can, he can certainly do better, but I don't know if at a level of the criticism that he's getting at the moment. And I've heard people criticizing him for the third goal as well, which is to me really surprising. Um, you know, I, I, I want him. Yeah. For the third Mate, goal. I like, think, I, I think more that was genuinely, I think that honestly, I think that was one of the worst goalkeeping displays I've seen. I felt like he, was so far he looked never looked like he was going to save any of them he it was like he was diving late i i just i totally agree i think the the, the initial ball allowed you know the, the time elliot lee had to put that ball in again dabo right wing, that has to be stopped or, do, or a better effort at stopping that but i don't think it was, it was a terrible ball it wasn't like it only just went over mullin's head and and, and sort of more was there thinking Mullen was really nowhere near it. Moore saw that. And from the angle I was sat, I was thinking, he, he, he's seen that. Like Mullen is not in the way. He has to come out and, and catch that. And it's like he sort of dives the moment it sort of passed him. And the same with the, the, the headed goals. It was sort of, I don't know, it was like he was diving in despair. I, I, I think the criticism he's getting, I, I think, was pre is pretty valid. I, I, the, I second defending... one, the second one is there's definitely a conversation to be had there. And, whether I think, you know, if it was 100% on him or whether, it, you know, you've obviously got to factor in what's happened with the defence kind of closing down the opportunity in the first place. There's, there's definitely a conversation to be said. He needs to be doing a lot better for sure. The third goal, I, I guess, is the one that that gets me because you watch that goal again. I mean, it's we, we actually do get the ball, I guess, away in the first instance from the long throw. But 
it's gone to the edge of the area. You've got Dabo on the edge of the area. Who yeah, he loses his header, doesn't he? Terror, he's terrible he's never going to, and he's never going to win it. The goalie's about a foot taller than him. He's, but you, you watch that goal again. There's six, I think it's six Cov defenders in the within the six yard line, and there's two Wrexham yep. attackers. The the guy who heads the ball back in, it goes to the obviously the first player to head it back across goal unchallenged, and then the actual goal itself unchallenged six yards out. For me, what's the defense? They, so don't get me wrong, mate. I agree. I mean, yeah. they, they literally had a game of head tennis around our defenders in the box. I mean, it was it was like they were playing volleyball. Do you know what I mean just like knocking it one one touch to each other and then they head it in? But where's where's the cannot in one of those moments? Why can't our goalkeeper come out and punch the ball away or come to try and claim it and, and relieve some of the pressure from what our defense was clearly looking ropey? You know, where like yeah. our goalie is just static on the line all the time. I'm done. I, when, can we get a goalkeeper who, and Wilson does it as well, I'm not just blaming just more, but a goalkeeper who will come off his line and you know how much as a fan, when you see the goalie come and he claims it and it just relieves all pressure. I think if our goalie had done that, mate, in the first time that they put a cross in the box, I think it would have set the tone. But the moment they knew their goalie is just rooted to the line, we've got them, we've got these in the air, it was a recipe for disaster. And so I feel like, I think the defence of that third goal, I mean, it was just criminal timing. It was, again, a long throw. We didn't learn our lessons. We had warnings earlier on in the game. I mean, yeah, the criticism goes throughout. I mean, the team, no closing down. And it was, I mean, in in that moment, we'd obviously scored. I mean, our goal was, there's not really much to say about it because the highlight of that first half was just how bad we were. And certain individuals, mate, and obviously Tavares getting injured, that was a blow. Um, yeah. but I, I don't think he really covered himself in glory either. You know, everyone's been clamoring in for a start, and I, I, I think him and Waghorn look like they look like they'd never played together before, which they haven't. They literally look like that. Um, yeah. But I, I want I want to ask you about because you know the first half was where main damage was done. What more? Obviously, we, we we've spoke about him, yeah. but I guess the other person who's come came into the side, our captain, yeah. Liam Kelly. Yeah. What did you make of his performance? Um, I, I don't really think there's much to say, which in itself probably says what what needs to be said. Uh, you know, it, it felt to me non-existent, and I think the thing that we probably, you know, in my mind, being completely fair and honest in my evaluation of Liam Kelly, he's never really been a, a championship player. You know, he, he's he's not a championship level player, but he brings other attributes which probably give him a level of value and worth to our to our squad. So that first season back in the championship, I thought when he was available to us, which again unfortunately wasn't often as as often as you'd like, he he was an important player for us. But now we're kind of looking to move on and looking to move up from where we we would have probably been at that point in time. We can't I guess we probably are looking for more. It isn't just going to be that you can be involved in the squad because you are um, experienced or whatever else and I don't know it's difficult obviously he's been out for a long time getting the start but yeah realistically it was for me I don't know I didn't really notice him to be honest with you and it didn't really feel as if he was he was doing what you'd expect him to do in that game where you've got a number of young players who are obviously struggling we're losing to a to a Wrexham side who are obviously you know they've got height they've got physicality so you, you'd want him to be around the pitch shouting yeah, there was, none of that. there was absolutely yeah. no, I didn't see anyone digging anybody yeah. out. It, it reminded me of the days of like, of like Slade in that way, everyone just looked like, you know, slumping back to the halfway line and where, where no one taking any leadership. I mean, yeah. I feel like the thing with Liam Kelly is, 
I, I love Liam Kelly. I, I actually think that first year in the championship when he got back and he he was on form and we also had him and Matty James, I think he really helped us really staying up that season. The problem he's got though, and we've got with him, is he, he is now, he's getting older, so he's getting worse and his injuries record is is terrible. And I think with Liam Kelly, it's always taken him quite a while to get back to sort of full sharpness. Where he needs to after- be, yeah. After an injury, like I, I, I remember a game last year against Millwall. You know, I think we'd had like three weeks break because of uh, COVID, and uh, Liam Kelly had, had obviously not played and stuff. And I just feel like he, when he's not, I remember that game thinking, "Oh my word!" Like he looked so off the pace. And again, so you know, Robbins is talking about certain people, you know, knocking on his door, wanting to play. I mean, the obvious one is got to be Liam Kelly, right? Because obviously he's back fit. I thought, like you said, for an experienced player. He was getting ran rings around mm. by non by by non league midfielders, and I I think it just highlighted. I think I think Dabo, and I'm a I've been a fan of Dabo, but I just can't. And I didn't just think this in this game. I think the Cardiff game as well. It looks like that. It looked like looks like Dabo's playing that he's worried he's going to get injured if he exerts himself beyond mm. a certain level. Yeah, and there's like, a there's a there's a spark missing there, isn't there? There's something oh. which just feels like he's. He is completely held he, back and you go back to when he was on form and, and maybe his best days for his work were at a different level. So you can kind of like say maybe... When, his, when was that though, Matt? Like how, when would you say that was? His, you know, are we talking that League One promotion season? That's three years ago. I mean, yeah. are we, are we, we want to try and, you know, with the new owner, we, we want to be pushing up and, you know, to try and challenge for top 10, top six, ultimately promotion maybe over the next two, three seasons. We We can't be... Dabo on at his peak for us was class. I but I've not seen that in so long. I think and he showed glimpses like last season. He got fit, shows glimpses, but he's another one. He then gets injured. And I just think each injury is obviously going to take its toll on you. Same with Matty Godden. We've got a squad of players here who we, none of them can keep fit. The only one who really can, and obviously I'm, he's injured at the moment, but is McFadden. He's the only one who really, apart from this current injury, He's been relentless in his sort of games he's played. I just think it showed, and you know, obviously you were there, mate, and I don't know what you think, but it just highlighted, and I think Robin's alluded to it really in not so many words, but there are certain individuals who just aren't good enough now for for where we need to go. And on our journey, we've and we've left other players, you know, people like Jordan Shipley, Jody Jones at the end of last season, we had to leave them behind. I think the summer of change that Mark Robbins has alluded to over the last two or three years, which has never quite materialized. I think this summer of change is happening in the, this year. And I think it's needed. Yeah. I mean, I thought undoubtedly, even at the start of the season where we were, you know, obviously struggling bottom of the, the table, I think we're all fairly confident we would get ourselves out of trouble because we had too much confidence. In, in my mind at that point, I thought if we can, and I fully expected us to, if we can stay up this season, even, you know, going back to August, September, October, my mindset was this is going to be a big summer of change for us because there are a lot of players on there who have probably been in the most extreme bad cases have been stealing a, a living from us. And there are other people who just aren't up to the level at the moment. Um, and for us, we're not going to be the, the most financially um you know, viable team in terms of kind of the options, the amount of money that we've got to throw around. So every decision is so important for us and we can't afford to have any, have any passengers. So you look at, 
the opportunities of people who are potentially coming out of the club. And some of those are going to be people that we aren't going to like seeing leave the club because the sentiment is is there with them. So, you know, you might talk about, as you mentioned to Kelly, everybody, I think everybody is very grateful for the job that he's done for us at the football club over the years. But yeah, we're in a point now where, I'm sorry, unfortunately, we, we need to move on. Davo probably is in that same situation, probably the most difficult one, but I know you, you briefly mentioned him. For me, is is Godden because he's somebody I look at and think this guy is, yeah, when he plays, he scores goals, but it's going to be probably a quarter of the season, every season at the moment where you're thinking he's probably not going to play and you're thinking the next injury probably is around the corner and that just puts a lot of pressure on those striking positions and you, and you kind of think a lot of these people now, you know, some of them coming towards the end of their contracts, some of them maybe you can move on to, I, I think probably what tells you you're more than anything is the fact a lot of these players as well, if they're not coming to the end of their contracts and we probably going to need to move them somewhere else to get them out of the club, is that they're probably not going to go to another championship club, are they? No, you bang we on We wouldn't there, expect mate. to see them go to another championship no. club. So it's going to be League One, League, even League well, that, Two. And, that's, with and, that, and that says it all, doesn't it? You know, like, look at the people last year. None of the ones we released last year are in in the championship still. And and the thing is, we've got a small squad as it is, and hopefully that's going to change, obviously, with the new ownership and the more financial backing. But when we've got a small squad as it is, and then a decent chunk of that are players who, on their day, are good. Matty Godden, I love Matty Godden. But you, when you've got a small squad, but then there's a big chunk of those players who you know are probably going to be injured, like you say, you, probably for at least a quarter to a third of the season, minimum, each, you suddenly go, well, suddenly our squad is depleted. And the problem is, we've not had the strength and depth. We we didn't get the amount of players we needed in the summer. We've obviously been very unlucky in terms of with Callum O'Hare's. You know, he, he's been so robust up until this season. And, you know, it's like lightning strikes twice. He's had two, you know, really bad injuries. We've got other players who are talented players, like Josh Eccles, who just... Every time he gets injured, it always feels to me, Matt, that it's never just like a one week or two week thing. It's always months. Robbins is like, yeah, he's going to be out for months. And I just think, I think he came in and was doing really well. He was playing, he was he was literally cementing that right wing back slot for himself. And, but he gets injured again. And this is the problem. We, we haven't got a big enough squad. We all know that. He wants to obviously address that in January, but then the summer, We've got too many passengers. Like we've got too many players. Like you say, mate. You can go through it. Waghorn as well. He he won't be playing yeah. in the championship next year. No, no way. So it was a. Te- I mean, the only thing I. The only positive is Aston Villa, mate. I don't know if you know, have lost to Stevenage. I um, saw that he'd gone one-one. I didn't realize two-one in the last lost. minute, ninetieth wow. minute. So that that makes me feel uh, better because <laughs> I sort of left the game in a way, mate. To be fair, and at four-one, I was thinking, oh my word. But the positive, if it, I'll try and be positive. The positive yeah. was that last half an hour when we went to a back four yeah, and Doyle came on, Doyle looked incredible. Kane, I thought, played well. We suddenly absolutely battered them yeah. for the last half well, I an think hour. It, the- I think it shows exactly the point. I think we probably would have been making in this podcast and would make in general. When we've got a majority of our team being those, you know, first team regulars that we've got available to us, then it wasn't even a competition. You know, 10-man team in Coventry were just completely dominant. I mean, that last, yeah, 30 minutes since we went down to, or 35 minutes when we went down to um, down to 10 men. I know you can say, okay, we've got two goals. One of them's a free kick. One of them's a, a mistake from, from their defence, which has let Palmer in. We've absolutely 
I mean, two goals for us in that last 35 minutes is doesn't flatter us in the slightest. We could have easily had the three would have taken got to get back to level even more. You think you've Grapres has hit the post, Palmer's hit the post again. He's had Todd, a really Todd Kane should have scored. Palmer Kane, hit one over. Palmer the should have scored as well. Alan. Alan, I think it was Alan. Yeah, Alan should yeah. have should have done better with I the mean, opportunity. He literally tickled that. He tickled if, yeah. if he had if that shot had, had one mile an hour more pace on it, yeah. it goes in. And yeah. we and we and we go for four, four, four. And you think, you know, how many late goals we score, we could have even gone on and, and won it. So there was mm. positives in the way we actually re- we reacted. We didn't feel sorry for ourselves. We actually then had to go and we we absolutely battered them. So I mean there's positives to take and we made it a really I think for a neutral, you'd go, that was a great game of football. Mm. And I think going forward, you know, but the problem is it highlights again, if, if you, God forbid, if Jokeres got injured, we'd be absolutely, literally, and Tavares injured, we literally have Waghorn and, and yeah. Jokeres as fit strikers. So, mm. I mean, we have to be signing a striker in, in January. Palmer, we've only got one attacking mid, you know, it's... Yeah, the recruitment needs, obviously, you know, we've got the new head of recruitment and obviously we'll give him time and hopefully with the extra backing, we'll be able to get the right plays in and, and permanent signings that are ours. But um, yeah. all in all, it was obviously an embarrassing day, wasn't it? Um, an embarrassing yeah. result. And it's never nice to be on the wrong end of those sort of uh, games. But we have to take the positives from the last half an hour. We, I think Robbins's quotes, mate, I think that left me feeling pretty refreshed. Knowing I was really pleased to hear what he said after the game. Yeah, that's the kind of game where you're thinking you don't want to hear. It's unfortunate. We changed the team a bit. We did this, that, the other. They pushed at the end. You want to hear him come out and be pissed off, basically. And and it clearly was. But but he was pissed off, but he was sort of calm. And it made me think, you know what? Stuff's going to get done in January. And then actually, I think I'm really excited. Look, we'll probably finish... 14th to 10th this season. You know what? Happy days because this takeover isn't just a short-term thing. It's, you know, this could be again years. So the idea is, I think the summer is a huge opportunity. And as I said, he alluded to it last year and it never materialized this summer of change of where we're going to be able to bring in all these players. I, I genuinely think of the list of people who are out of contract and let me just, uh, Dino, was very Dino sent me a list of out of contract. Papaga, Eccles, Walker, Dabo, Kane, Rose, Hilsner, Wilson, Kelly, Waghorn, and Fads. Dino said the only ones he's keeping would be Fads, Rose, and Wilson as a backup, as strictly as number two. How many would you keep from that list? I would disagree with him, to be honest with you. I don't know who in there, other than potentially, you know. Potentially I mean, Eccles? Because yeah, poten- I, potentially I, Eccles, potentially. Record, but... And and the only other people I'm looking outside of that are people who are young. Do you think maybe, obviously, at some point down the line might develop, but aren't really going to be threatening the first team for a couple of years, so like a, a Papaga or something like that. But when we're talking first team conversation, he's you know he's obviously not somebody you're going to realistically have in there at the moment. So I wouldn't disagree. The only other one, as you say, is 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 Eccles. And then the only and I, and I know the reason why Dino will, wouldn't have said Eccles, and I've sort of debated this, is because of obviously he seems to be. Unfortunately for him, yeah. injury prone all the time. But I, I sort of wonder, wages wise, you know, it, could we could we try and get him fit for maybe another a year deal or something? But I, I do think I agree with the others. I think there's going to be an overhaul. I think um, it's time for change. I think the I think Palmer looked great. I think he looked really good in the second half. You know, you put him surrounded by some better players again, mm. and he literally just comes to life, doesn't he? But uh, but yeah, disappointing game, mate. And what's your final sort of overall thoughts on that? Yeah, I guess not really too much. I can disagree with their really disappointing game. It was, it, it kind of kept to the script in terms of showing us the strength and depth isn't there. 
the, the first 11 or a majority of it, obviously, aside from the injuries we've already got, once they come in, you could you could really tell the, the difference in, in in quality. You know, 10-man side against a 11-man side, it really did look like, even though we were disadvantaged on the in terms of kind of from a numerical point of view, we absolutely dominated them. So it, it showed the quality that we have got there, but the absolute complete and lack of depth we got in the squad. And um and there are positives, I guess, in terms of that side of things, but we it really does highlight how important it's going to be for us, as you say, in the summer, but also I think massively important in January as well. But from a man of the match point of view, personally, would have to one hundred percent go with with Palmer. Would you would you be agree- agreeing with that one? Yeah, I would. I think you know he was on the pitch for quite a while, yeah the whole game, and I think he got an assist. Could have had a hat trick, really. I hit the post twice, scored yeah. a free kick. You know, had that one over the bar. So yeah, I'd go with uh, Palmer. Met, I agree. You're listening to Sky Blues Extra. But on the heels of this, that disappointing cup exit, the Sky Blues may have wanted a more friendly first fixture back in the league. However, it doesn't get much harder than a trip to league leaders Burnley. Um, Ross, what are your thoughts? Talk us through this one. Obviously. An impressive first half of the season for Vincent Company's side. Yeah, um, they've done better than I thought. I um, mm. I always feel like it's uh, uh, you know well, a little risk. You know, he obviously been in Anderlecht as manager has come over, and you, know, you never quite know. You know, it felt like it was Burnley's time to sort of come down from the Premier League, and obviously he's totally tried to re reinvent their style. You know, and get rid of that sort of long ball tag that you know stigma that they've had with them for the past say ten years. Um, but he's obviously they've done very very well. They spent a lot of money. Let's get that right as well. They, you know, um, they were tried obviously as we know to get O'Hare. They tried to get other players like Isaac Davis from Cardiff and all this, and and failed. And still considered and uh, you know and spent plenty of money on 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 signings and obviously using his Man City connections managed to you know get certain um, good Man City youngsters as well on loan. But they in terms of the results, you can't argue. Twenty six games played, sixteen wins, eight draws, and only two defeats um those two defeats one came on the third game of the season away at Watford and the last one was when they got I mean it was a crazy game I don't know if you saw it when they lost 5-2 to Sheffield United but they it was a crazy game but I mean they're on a ridiculous run at the moment they're they're currently on another six game winning run they don't concede many goals at home they haven't lost um they've been remarkable they've only actually they've drawn four at home and won the rest so it's obviously going to be a very difficult game. Um, and obviously on the back of getting, you know, knocked out by a conference side, you, it doesn't fill you with, uh, you know, that much confidence going to the top of the league. But I always go back and I, I've said this on the on the podcast, and I think a lot of us are in agreement. I think our first 11, and I know we haven't got our strongest 11 because Fads isn't in and O'Hare's injured, but with Hamer and Yokerez back in, I think our team is capable when they're, they're on it of probably being the be- in the best six to eight strongest 11s in the league. So we're capable of giving them a game, a bit like we showed teams last year. But the problem is our bench has been woeful for a while um, and really all season. At best, it's only been okay, I'd say. So can we? will we sign some extra players between now and Burnley? I don't know what you think, mate. Um, but obviously, you know, Burnley, we've got a lot of attacking threats. We've got to be where we've got to defend better than we did <laughs> um, on Saturday, that's for sure. Yeah, I think the thing that worries me at the moment is you look at when teams create opportunities against us, the majority of the time they're scoring goals. 
you know, the, I think the stats from yesterday, six shots on the, on target for Wrexham and they've obviously scored four goals. Sheffield United, obviously on Boxing Day, three shots on target, three goals. And we're not we're not giving ourselves an opportunity if teams, every time they're, they're getting into position to obviously have a shot on target are going to score. What that tells me is you can go somewhere good like a Sheffield United, if we use that example, um, you know, one of the top teams at this level where you know it's going to be a difficult game and you're going to have to defend really well to get something out of the game. And it kind of suggests to me, well, you know, every opportunity that they're going to have to break forward and, and obviously kind of get in front of goal, they're taking them. So we're really not giving ourselves that opportunity before we before we get started. It Certainly against the top teams like a Sheffield United, against the Burnley, where you're going to have to dig in. You know, I think over the last three or four games, it's eight goals conceded from 11 shots on target. That ratio is way too high. And against a side like Burnley, it, it's just not going to cut it. And shows the importance of, like you say, I agree. Our first 11, once they're all there and available, can match up to any team in this league. I think they've shown that on the pitch plenty of times this season, obviously going to the likes of Watford and winning. They showed it last season when we obviously went to Fulham and other places and picked up victories. So we've shown on the road with our first 11, we can do that. But when we have a couple of key people missing, like a McFadzine, like an O'Hare, as we do at the moment, and you're relying on people to come in and then you're further relying on other people to come off the bench in a difficult away game, it just feels like a struggle. Um, I don't know. Do you think there's any route to us getting anything from this game or or, or are you expecting a defeat? Um, no, well, yeah, I, I am expecting a defeat because, I mean, no team's beat, you know, Burnley lost two games all season, haven't lost at home. But, you know, we went to Fulham away last year and won. So, you know, it would be a very Coventry City thing, you know, to get knocked out to a conference team and then go to top of the league and, and get a result. Look, we went to Watford away. We got a positive result. We are capable, obviously, in the immediate aftermath of losing like we did to Wrexham. It feels a bit silly to say, yes, we'll go there and, and get a result. I think we'll probably lose. But we've got our new signing. We've got our new right back. Um, Norton Cuffey from online from Arsenal. Rotherham fans seem devastated he got a good assist there actually up against Matson for Rotherham earlier in the season when they had that heartbreaking 90th plus 10th minute stoppage time yeah. uh, defeat um but I've watched you know some clips from him this season and he looks very very attacking so that's exactly what we need and, what do you think you know, happens we, there do you think he goes onto the bench do you think he's even got a chance of coming straight into the side or, or uh, I, or think, he'll start. I think he'll start I mean because the right backs at the moment Kane clearly for whatever reason he's not fancied I don't think Dabo can start after that performance yesterday. I, I think I, the I, fact I that he's see. his first signing is a right wing back in well, itself probably speaks volumes. It speaks volumes, mate, because this is what I mean. Like, you know, every, everyone's going, yes, yeah, so he said left wing back, centre back, striker and a cam. And then the first signing is a right wing back. Yeah. And everyone's going, well, we've got three. But the, that's all good. On what you can't, Some people, you can't win. It's like, well, you want strength and depth. But at the same time, it's like, oh, we can't have too many. Well, look, if the other two aren't good enough, and he clearly doesn't think that because there's been times where he literally played Burrs there ahead of Kane. So something's obviously going on there. Um, yeah, I, I'm buzzing, but I think we need more than him. I think if we sign maybe one or two more, but you know, this week, if we get a centre back in, you know, if someone is potentially closer to coming back from injury, I don't know who that could be. Mm. Then, then maybe there'll be a bit of a, an influx of confidence. I think if the takeover is un unveiled and confirmed, and maybe and we and we sign, let's say. Let's say we were to get a striker in on loan. I think, 
I think people would go, okay, you know, because we know that Jokeres could do the business. We know Hamer's good in the side, Palmer. And if we then actually had like, you know, maybe a striker on loan or or if we got James, Jamie Patterson or something, you know, a couple of players where you go, we've got a bit, we've got some options here that we might, might still lose the game, but I think it'd fill us with confidence going into the game and then for the rest of the season. You're listening to Sky Blues Extra. That leads us quite nicely into the January transfer window. And obviously we've, we've touched on it there a little bit, but we're, <laughs> it probably has come across, we're, we're feeling those, Obviously, a big summer of change coming up, but just looking at January, Ross, I mean, how many do you think we actually first need to bring in? And, and secondly, how many do you actually expect to see us bring in? Well, I think I think we'll probably bring in the four that Robbins has sort of repeatedly alluded to. I think if you said what we, I think we need, I think we probably need six. I just think January is a very difficult window. You know, you don't want to just get people in for the sake of it, get have them tied down till you know, two, three year contracts and actually they're not necessarily what we want. So I think, I think we, I think we probably still need four more. I think we do need left back. I think we need a centre back. I think we need a a attacking mid and a striker. I think if we were to get those four added to, you know, Norton Coffee at right wing back that we've already brought in, I think that would be an incredibly exciting January transfer window. And actually, you know, never, you know, having like the second top score in the championship, I'm not, you know, you'd think usually you'd be like petrified the whole window of him being sold. I don't think he is. I don't think we will sell, any, sell anyone. I think actually there's the opportunity for a fringe player to go. I thought about this and everyone thinks Todd Kane and, and maybe it will be him. But I sort of thought, I don't know. I, you know, if a League One club came in for, for, for Dabo, do you think we'd, you know, stand in his way? You know, if, if a club offered you know, a little bit of money, either for him or, or Kane, really. I don't know. I don't know what I the just, plans are in terms of the summer um, for what the club or Mark Robbins deep down wants to do in terms of keep him. Yeah, you because know, I know the club have got a year option in our yeah. favour uh, to trigger in Dabo's contract. So we might, you know, Robbins might think, well, we could trigger that one year, but bring in a uh, you know, right wing back on a perm. Do you know what I mean? Who's the first choice next year? I don't know. I mean, I think we need four more. Um, and yeah, I think... It's an exciting time. I'm not too concerned about Jokeres going, which feels bizarre. Maybe that's incredibly naive, but um, I just don't think we can sell him. <laughs> we've got, like yeah. I say, we've got two fit strikers. I just, I just, I just don't think we can. I think you know, Doug King said when the takeover was, was initially sort of announced that it'd been agreed um, that you know we're not going to be sellers in January. I think it'd be suicide. I think what we've got to be doing is bring these players in, give ourselves the best opportunity to push towards the playoffs. And we'll probably fall short. But you know what? After the start of the season we had, I think when we had our preview pod, you remember back in the, the tavern at the start of the season, and we all had our predictions. That was before any of the fiasco with the pitch. I think, to be fair, a mid-table finish again. If, yeah. we, if we could improve on 12th, even by getting to 11th, 10th, that would be great progress. And then we have the summer where Jokeres will, will go, unless we got promoted. But we've got time now to look and go, who are the players we're going to use this money? You know, yeah, you know, and get in. So yeah, I don't know what you. What do you think in terms of this January transfer window? Yeah, I, I don't. I, I kind of gone back and forth with with, with the Gakarez situation, to be honest with you, because Robbins, more than anybody in particular, was so adamant that he definitely wasn't going to go. Um, and I, we know Robbins isn't above playing a bit of mind games or or doing what he needs to do if in case you know, let's say. There was a potential he was going to go, but he wanted to let clubs know in his own roundabout way, you're not going to get him for, for cheap. But I don't I don't consider us to be a one-man team by any stretch of the imagination because we have too many other talented players in there. But I think we are so 
ingrained into what he brings to the table for us at the moment. And it would just worry me if we were to sell him at some point of this window with very little time to be able to even contemplate putting together some kind of approach to replace him and then obviously use the the benefit obviously would, would give us more money to be able to strengthen across the the side but I don't know if we're going to have the opportunity if we were to sell him let's say with a week or two of the window left to go to to really be able to put a proper plan to to, to make yeah. that take effect in January so I, I, I don't think we will sell him I think we kind of will think look his stock is only going to grow over the next few months anyway so it's not a case of if somebody comes into us with a, a bid that might seem fair um, from a valuation point of view, you know, we just need to hold our nerve and say if he is going to go in the summer anyway, um, or if he is potentially going to go in the summer, we're still going to get that money and probably more because he, there, there's no signs in what he's doing at the minute that say he's not going to keep doing what he what he's doing. No. And his stock's going to continue to grow. So to hold, hopefully, I think we feel like we're in a position to be able to hold our nerves there. And I don't think we're being unrealistic in saying that because, you know, like I say, we we still think we'll probably end up unfortunately seeing him go in the summer. Um, There's still an opportunity for the playoffs this season. I think that's the thing, you know, right? Like, you know, the new owner coming in, it's like, well, actually, we're, we're four points off the playoffs. We've got a game in hand. And on our day, as we've all, as Doug King's seen himself at games against West Brom, when we're on it, we're we're a very good side. So if we can just, we brought in the right wing back. If we can bring in a centre-back, bring in a striker, bring in a cam, you know, someone else who can just maybe get six to eight goals in the second half of the season to help Vic and, and Hamer can chip in with a few and Palmer with a few more. Suddenly, uh, I believe, I believe that the, the top. I believe the top two are going to run away, but I think those four places are literally available to probably twelve sides, you know. And it's, I think there's an opportunity there to try and get into the playoffs. Um, and I think we've got, you know, remember last year we were in the same situation, but under Sisu, we didn't have the ability to go and actually strengthen. And had we done, we probably would have got in the playoffs. You know, really, we just didn't have the strength and depth. But it looks like we are going to address some issues this window. Um, so, uh, yeah, I think I, I don't think we'll sell anybody. Um, potentially, as I say, maybe a cane if someone comes. Nobody in. too impactful who we can't move no. on from. I guess. No, I, yeah, I don't think so. I, I agree. So, I think it's, it's going to be exciting. I think the, the only thing I would say in terms of the summer, um, in terms of Yokros, is I think, and hopefully again, the new owner can do this. We need to try and get him and Hamer tied down and O'Hare and Sheaf tied down to beyond 2024 because the thing is we get to the summer and he'd only have a year left on his contract, Yokura. So we, we almost have to sell him in the summer yeah. if he's not going to sign a new contract because we can't risk losing someone of his value for potentially risk losing him for, for nothing. You know, So I think between now, once the January window shuts... I think we need to try and, and get him signed to a new deal, but with a release clause in saying, look, look, you're signing this deal to protect our, you know, our value of you. But in, in the summer, if we don't get promoted or anything and, and a team comes in and offers 20 matches at the 20 million price tag, then 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 we'll accept it. You know, I think we've just got to be savvy but and protect our assets, you know, and that goes for Heyman, that goes for Ben Sheaf, that goes for Callum O'Hare as well. So I think if it we can do that... Probably more than it most, most obviously most importantly and almost a complete priority is with Jokeres because my concern I guess would be I definitely think we need to do that as as best as we can we saw in the past where kind of addressing the contract situation with certain players really affected what we could then do in in the transfer window as well I think I think we can be honest and say that was the case you know we tied people down we we spent a good amount of where our, our wage budget would be on on those players and rightly I, I don't disagree with what we did 
um, in that situation. But in particular, Gokarez, as you say, if we are waiting to the summer, which it looks likely that we are going to do, um, yeah, we do probably need to address his contract and, and not put ourselves in a position where clubs are going to be thinking, well, actually, they're in a position where they probably do need to sell him um, before it gets to a situation where that 15 to 20 million valuation where he probably is at the moment starts dropping down to, to 10 and under, which would be an absolute tragedy. So that would that would obviously be a key one to address. And obviously, yeah, looking at some of those other players, but um, also want to, I guess, make sure we have a, have that focus not completely taken away from, from bringing players in. Because I do, again, like you say, the opportunity is going to be there if we can bring four players in. Um, you know, with a few players coming back, we obviously always expecting that there's going to be people who are who are going to be injured with us. Unfortunately, it seems to be the case. And there's a couple that we know who are going to be out, unfortunately, until um, next season now as well. But a couple of players coming back in, um, we can address the right positions. Are there, are there any particular names? I know you mentioned Patterson. Do you reckon that's realistic one for us? Do you think that might happen? I know there's rumours that he um, might be allowed to leave. Do you think it makes think- sense now? I think it potentially does. I think potentially yeah. makes sense to take him on loan, to be honest with you, to the end of the season. Um, yeah. You know, Robin's basically, it sounds like he wants four. And again, it's hard to know whether this right wing back is part of that because yeah. all the indications were we clearly need a left back. So I don't know. Let's, it sounds like it's, if it's four more to come in, then I think it's two loans and two permanents. Now, I think the permanent will be a centre back and maybe it may be the camp. I mean, there's a few players who I think we need to be looking in terms of the summer. I don't know. I mean, Patterson, I think, could be a loan, but he could be a permanent as well. I mean, his experience, but again, he's had his injury problems and it's just sort of be our look that we'd, we'd finally get him and then he'd be, he'd get injured. You know, he's, he's not the youngest either, but he'd, he would add that extra uh, depth. He's obviously a country loan, fan, et cetera. Loan would make sense with him as well in the fact of, obviously, the, the talk is they're quite keen to get him um, out of the club or, or maybe not necessarily that might be a bit unfair not you know really keen to get him out of the club but there's an opportunity for him to leave so for for them if they can get him out on loan somewhere potentially you know have some of his wages taken off the books and probably allow them to do a bit of business then that would seem to make sense but potentially then with the option of obviously bringing him in on a more permanent basis um so that yeah i know i know he obviously mentioned the two loans to two permanent so i wouldn't be surprised if if he was one any strikers that you think or i don't know is that still a bit it's strikers is, diff- is difficult yeah. isn't it i mean yeah that's a tough one because i don't know what yeah it's difficult i mean in my mind i sort of think the strike is probably definitely going to be like a loan you know um and then it sort of goes well yeah, it's just gonna be it's gonna be interesting. I mean, I didn't know whether you know. Obviously, we were linked with that plunge. You know, who was at Derby last year, and he he was on. He went to Palace, signed him. We were yeah. you know, linked with him. Never sort of materialised. But I'm not sure if he's actually gone out uh, to some you know other country on loan. So I don't know. He might not be available. But I, in terms of names, I don't know. I was sort of looking more into the summer, and I was looking at okay, who could we get? Like obviously, we'd been linked with those two Derby players, hadn't we? You know, in terms of if Howard Hare was that Sibley and, and Max Bird, and you sort of wonder could we be actually be interested in them? How you know, there's that Anis Mometti, uh, that, that attacking midfielder from uh, Wickham, and he scored like eight goals and three assists, and he he looks he's only like twenty twenty one, so he would fit the sort of bill in terms of signing an, an asset, you know buying someone from a team who, you know, they wouldn't really be expecting huge money. Um, 
but he'd be someone probably in the summer, really. Um, yeah, striker so, in January is going to be, I think, the most interesting. I know it's quite obvious and and probably a little bit short-sighted to maybe just look at strikers because it's the most exciting. They bring goals in and, and whatever else. But I think in January in particular with strikers, you kind of think, what are the options of, of what we could do? You're either talking, is that going to be a loan? If it's a loan, because that's going to give the, us the opportunity of maybe bringing in a young, exciting um, striker from the Premier League. Um, or if it's going to be where we uh, are looking to bring somebody in on a permanent, then you kind of think for somebody to really come in and have an impact, then there's going to have to be a bit of investment. You know, just the, the truth of the matter is there is a markup when it comes to strikers. So if we're signing somebody on a permanent basis, um, that, then you're thinking, okay, well, the, you know, that means we're going to have to probably put some money behind it, which is an interesting one in, in January. Um, but I wouldn't rule that out. Obviously, we're all a little bit waiting to see what happens with with the takeover. Hopefully, that's going to be sorted out soon. I know we, we keep saying that, but hopefully it is going to be sorted out soon. And then that's going to let us know if there is actually a budget there um, for us to, to spend money. Because if it's if it's a striker, it is either you know, a, a young loan player from the Premier League or or is there actually a budget for us to, to bring somebody in who can actually have an effect? Because, you know, we can pick people up on a free transfer, I'm sure. And there might be names that people have heard of, but it, that's realistically to me, I don't know how you feel about it. It's not really the route that I'd want to see us go down. Um, it hasn't worked out for us too well in, in recent seasons, obviously, when it comes to strikers as well. So, I don't know, interesting one. Um Hopefully, hopefully it is four and um, right wing back was a bit of a bonus and we're, we're still seeing those four players come in. But what are your thoughts around the takeover as well? Are you, you you're confident we'll, we'll see that sort of the next you know, week do. or so? I, look, I've seen and I, I like to think that the some of the nonsense I've seen on the forum and on commentaries, you know, Twitter about yeah. the conspiracy theorists. Now, I might end up having an egg on my, egg on my face, right? But I, <laughs> to me, I, I thought about this. What, who benefits from if this whole thing is some people I see people some people some of the fans and maybe it comes from a place of just sheer desperation because none of us saw this takeover happening none of us we thought yeah. we were going to be stuck with Sisu for God knows how long never thought we'd be taking over in a month for Sundays now maybe it's just a common city trait of our fans to sort of initially be skeptical and be like oh. Now, CISO is still going to be there, but only in a 15% capacity. People are like, well, why, why? I'll tell you why. Because if we get to the Premier League, they can take 15% of 100 million every year. You know, they they they, they want to, you know, they can use it to sort of drip feed and, and try and repay back some of their investments. The other thing is, what does Doug King benefit? And also Mark Robbins, the man who's probably one of the sought after manager in terms of that, you know, every we panic every time there's a championship managerial vacancy. What does Mark Robbins benefit from going along with this charade, if it you know as some of our fans think it is, what does he benefit? What do, yeah. what does Mark Robbins gain, uh, Matt, from like going along that this whole thing? You know, I've heard some people say, well, you know, he, he gets a few a, a corporate box tickets. Is it worth the hassle <laughs> to go to court to about the stadium bonus? What to get a couple of corporate? Mate, this guy's a millionaire. Mate, he could just buy the tickets if he was that desperate. And then you've got fans who are who are. Because he turned up at the games, they go, well, no, that's because he, you know, it's all part of the charade. Okay. Then he wasn't at a couple of games and it turns out that, you know, he's had a bereavement in his family. But because he wasn't at the games, then suddenly, oh no, he, he's got cold feet, he's run away. You can't win. Yeah. He's damned if he's due. He's damned if he don't. 
I don't want to make all the games. How many owners go to every single game? Joyce Pyle has probably been to about five in, in yeah. the last 15 years. So, I mean, I think it will happen. I think it's just, look, if Mark Robbins was concerned, I would get my, my, my sort of motto really is, I'm not concerned until Mark Robbins is because I don't think he's going to lie to us. He's not going to, you know, if, if all this was a load of bull, you know, a load of bull, would... <laughs> Would Mark Robbins just toe the line of, oh, no, no, we're, it's, 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 it's sort of happening, you know? I just don't believe yeah. it. I, don't... I think he's the measuring stick, isn't he? He's the one who gives you confidence because in, in I guess, to give credence to people to some extent who might be a bit of a conspiracy theorist or might not, or even not necessarily conspiracy theorist, but just be a little bit wary and a little bit, I go, cautious um, of the situation because, you know, unfortunately, as a football club, we've given people plenty of reason over the last 10, 15, 20 plus years um, to be cautious. So, you know, that in itself, you, you can, I guess, maybe understand a bit of caution. I, I think <laughs> I don't think he's doing it. I think we can rule out the fact that he might be going along with this charade ducking to, to get a few boxes for a few games, you know, over Christmas. I don't. I don't, I don't think we want to entertain that one too much. But more than anything for me, the, the measuring stick of having confidence in this situation has always been Mark Robbins. And there's always been that opportunity or that, that moment, I guess, every few days or a week or whatever he's come out and said, nope, still confident. Obviously, he's got kind of, he's not going to say too much about what he's hearing um, internally, but just the fact of his confidence in, in the situation and what's going on for me is the thing that gives me more confidence than anything else. Um, because... It, it, just the character of the of the man, you know. I, I don't think he would just tow the company line, and um, and obviously he is a man who's who's in demand um, or would be in demand. You can imagine, and somebody who would, um, you know, potentially be able to get another job if if that's what he was looking to do, and he wasn't confident about this takeover taking place. So, yeah, more than anything for me, it's it's probably about um, or from a confidence point of view for me, the the Mark Robin situation is. Um, or, or the Mark Robbins' confidence is is what gives me confidence in in the fact that it's going to take place. But what do you think? We, are we confident it'll be this week, or are we thinking this might roll until we get later in the window? And that's the other question, really, we're asking ourselves, isn't it? If this goes on for another two, three weeks, is that going to then affect what happens with this transfer window? I know we've brought Norton Coffee in, and it, it's kind of been said that he he's come in um, and been greenlighted by Sisu. But if this goes on for two, three weeks, how much more are they going to? be green lighting new, new signatures well, look, um, with this on the horizon. It, it, obviously, we, we all want it to happen tomorrow, right? We all want it to be confirmed and as soon as possible. But as I said earlier, again, the, you know, we've got a, a summer of change on the horizon and a big opportunity. Now, if let's say hypothetically, Doug King, it wasn't unveiled until let's say deadline day, right? Yeah. And we only got one more loan signing in. Would that be ideal in terms of January? No. Yeah. But would we get relegated? No. But it means, but he'd be in place, ready for the summer. So uh, no one would. I don't think this is. No one would be panicking and every day going, "Well, why has it not happened yet?" I mean, this is a takeover of a football club or an eighty-five percent you know, takeover of a football club. If if we were just in February now or March, no one would be bothered. You know what I mean, no one, we could go three months or four months to the end of the season and no one would be going, oh, it's taking a while. Takeovers can take a while. Bournemouth's takeover took ages to be uh, approved. Yes, and there'll be people with, you know, put up examples of ones which have happened a bit quicker. But, you know, we're talking about different different size clubs here and all sorts of stuff. So, look, I think it's going to happen. 
Robbins, I, I trust Robbins. I don't, I don't think he, you know, there's obviously, you know, Duckings had a, a bereavement in his family. That's probably pushed things. There's obviously details to sort out. They, these are complex issues. And, you know, and I, I've heard people say, you know, well, they, it's been imminent for weeks. Well, I, I, I recently, you know, bought, bought my first house and I was told it was imminent for ages. They kept using the same word, imminent, 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 imminent. And it just never felt like it was ever going to happen. But did it happen? Yes. And I'm all moved in and it was great. And it's exactly the same with, you know, the solicitors, they tell you, oh, it's imminent. And then a month later, and you're thinking, well, I'm not sure a month's imminent, but it's just one of those things. It's just legal stuff. It can take time. I have a full faith. And unless Robbins turned around and went, mm, I'm not sure, then that's when the alarm bells would be ringing for me. But yeah. I think everyone else just needs to trust the process. Yeah. We're going to have a new owner. Robbins seems pretty pumped, to be honest. I think without it, I mean, he even said we'd probably be sellers in the January window. I think yeah, he absolutely. did. So I think he sounds pretty excited by the opportunity that we can, you know, it's still going to be sustainable, but it's going to be, you know, we can do things a little bit quicker. So look, bring it on and hopefully it's in the next, hopefully it's this week. Yeah, love it. I Wow, it sounds like a really good, positive way to, to end the podcast. You know, and I completely agree. I think uh, we can, we can obviously we started with a very disappointing loss to Wrexham in the FA Cup. We've got a difficult game or two difficult games coming up in the league as well, which hopefully... If we can take something from it, will be a bit of a bonus. But there's still plenty of reasons for us to be optimistic about what the rest of the season and the future holds for the Sky Blues. So that sounds like a, a great opportunity for us to, to end this week's podcast. Thanks to Ross for your thoughts this evening. As always, thanks to all of our listeners. Just time to remind all City fans that the Sky Blue Tavern and Dillon's Brewery remain your best option for pre- and post-match entertainment on game days with a range of food and drink options available. And a shuttle bus, obviously, available to take you to the from the tavern down to Dillon's Brewery ahead of kickoff. If you'd like to get involved in the conversation on anything we've discussed this evening, then all you need to do is use the hashtag SBE Podcast. Thanks for listening to the Sky Blues Extra Podcast. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. As football fans, we often pride ourselves on knowing everything, from which substitution can turn the game around to the quickest route home to beat the crowds. However, when it comes to discussing feelings with our friends, we might not always feel as confident. That's why we're here to equip you with the right tools so you can reach out to those who can help. If your mates are struggling, let them know that the Samaritans are free to call on 116123. That's 116123. They are there to listen without judgment or pressure. 24-7, 365 days of the year. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.